from the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign, it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 217-351-5357. Now, live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Covered some bowl games. Yeah, did, did you go surfing in your bowl coverage in California in no, the past? No, the only thing I did there. That Show was up really at the right. stadium ten hours early. I did do that, yep. but I rode down Lombard Street about a thousand times. But that's it. That's all I did for fun. We'll talk about uh, that bowl game a little bit if you'd like, and uh, the conclusion, the wrap up of Illinois football basketball. Heckle and Jekyll showed up. <laughs> I don't know which one it was last night, but uh, certainly we've seen both versions of the Illini basketball team in the last few days, Scott. Yeah, so um, I don't know which one's the real one. Probably somewhere in between losing by 20 at Michigan State and beating Purdue at home by 26. Um, but obviously the defense was pretty good uh, last night, uh, holding Purdue to 37 points, and Purdue contributed to that as well. They took some really terrible shots, but it was the fewest points Purdue has scored since uh, World War II and their 25% shooting was the worst ever in program history, which I think they've had a basketball team, I think, 120 years. So Lauren Tate was at their first game. <laughs> a record-setting performance by Purdue there, but not in a good way. But And, you know, Illinois hit some shots after, you know, kind of suffering what Purdue had went through uh, at Michigan State. Um, so I, don't, I really don't know what to think about this team right now. Uh, We'll find out more uh, Wednesday when they play at Wisconsin. It's a place Illinois hasn't won since 2010. I mean, Demetri McKamey was on you know, the last team to, to beat the Badgers in Madison. Um, really in the last 
two plus decades, Illinois has not had a lot of success against Wisconsin in general. Um, I think four and 21 since the early 90s. And 15 straight losses. So, I mean, there's uh, maybe a lot on the line. Well, it's yeah. a new decade, so let's just, you know. New decade, new Illini. There sure. you go. Um, Maybe they'll hold Wisconsin to 37 points. Wisconsin will maybe score 50, (laughs) trying really hard. Uh, But but they are coming off a win at Ohio State. They've won. Wisconsin's won four in a row. Maybe it's finding its its footing at this point of the season. They still don't. I mean, kind of like they're filled with a bunch of five-star McDonald's All-Americans guys that typically they're filled with basketball players that have been to a McDonald's. I think. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, like Purdue, they don't have a guy on the the team at Wisconsin that just jumps out at you is like, okay, that's a guy that can just go get a bucket whenever he wants. Um, so they're really kind of defined by their system. Uh, they're running the same thing they've run forever. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Right now it's, it's working better than it has you know, earlier in the year when they lost to Richmond and lost to New Mexico. But that win at Ohio State was a big one because road teams have not won in the Big Ten really so far this year. So we'll see what they can do at home. That game at Wisconsin is Wednesday night, 8 o'clock. You're loving that, aren't you? It's my favorite. I'll, I'll have, I don't know. It's better than the 9 o'clock tips they had, what, a couple seasons ago? Yeah, those are awful. Uh, yeah, I'll have 10 or 15 minutes after the game's over to, to actually write something. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Quick game, that's all I'm hoping for. <laughs> we'll talk more Illinois basketball coming up. Some, some of the big news locally today, if uh, you're a golfer, you took note of the fact that the Stone Creek Golf Course in southeast Urbana is closing after 20 years of operation. Real nice golf course, one of the better tracks in the area. Uh, One obviously owned by the Atkins Group, but they're closing the restaurant there as well. Addie's Restaurant will close next week. The golf course will officially be shut down at the end of this month. So if if you have any gift cards or anything from there, you better get out there by the end of the month. And it's just kind of a sad day for uh, local golf and and uh, the area, the community as well. Yeah, I mean, they, they've hosted a number of, uh, you know, marquee events here in, in the last two decades. Uh, you know, Kendall Gill's golf outing, uh, which has been held at the, the U of I Orange and Blue Courses in Savoy recently, was at Stone Creek for most of the 2000s. Uh, you know, the Illinois women hosted the Big Ten tournament there in 2002. Uh, the Illinois men's team had a dual match against Bradley there uh, almost two years ago in a, a match play event. And they host numerous high school tournaments and events throughout the, the fall as well. And uh, you know, the Illini Rebounders had their recent outing there in August, so it's a, a place that uh, a lot of Illinois fans and, and just fans, and, you know, folks in Champaign-Urbana know very well. Uh, so it's a sad day for the, the local golf scene, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what, uh, what comes of it and what they, what they plan to do with all that, that land out there. Well, golf is kind of in a state now. It's kind of a sad state if you're really into golf, but more golf courses are closing each year than our opening as far as new courses go across the country. And it's been that way for uh, four or five years. Uh, the golf boom from uh, 15 years ago is uh, no longer around. But uh, obviously there's still some good courses open in the area. But uh, that, I thought, was sad news. didn't come as a total surprise if you've been following it. There meant some kind of hints that it might be happening. But uh, when it finally does, it's, it's a sad day. And... For the homeowners out there that uh, purchase property to be on a golf course, that's got to be a tough pill to swallow as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's where, uh, you know, two of the last three Illinois football coaches uh, lived out there. Bill Cubitt and, and Tim Beckman both had, had houses out in Stone Creek. And, 
you know, they had an annual Stone Creek Open, you know, every August. It wasn't kind of at the level for, you know, the Twin City or the uh, uh, UI Open that is held locally, but still it was a consistent event on, on the area golf calendar. And uh, we'll have to see what happens now to uh, what this does for business for other courses. There are, you know, numerous other courses in and around Champaign-Urbana and in Champaign County that uh, may be seeing uptick in business now. As I mentioned, we do have the phone lines open, 356-9397. Let's go to the phones now, and Neil in Bloomington is with us. Go ahead, Neil. Hello, Neil. We're not hearing Neil. We'll try to get uh, Neil patched into where we can hear him as well. But uh, any other thoughts, uh, Bob, uh, about uh, Stone Creek? And uh, you've been around since that opened. That opened back in 2000, so 20 years. Right. Uh, I bought a the season passed the first year it was season. open. Great there. course. Uh, I've got a lot of golf balls there in the lakes that I'd like to get back. I'll go dredge lakes and get those back. Great course. A lot of fun. Uh, I was I wrote a short column about it tomorrow. And it is, you're right, the lack of play now has really hurt that course, I think, overall. I think Savoy's doing sounds like uh, other courses in the area are doing well. That course, for some reason, never caught on. I don't understand why. Like you said, it's a great course. It's fun, challenging, but not, it was hard, but not too hard. So it was a really nice place. And I, it's a shame. It's sad. I'm going to go out there and use my gift card tomorrow. <laughs> As uh, Matt mentioned, it has hosted a lot of uh, good outings and tournaments, some junior tournaments over the years. Matter of fact, a, a bit of a trivia note, back when uh, the uh, Big Ten championships were being rotated, it was Illinois' turn to host. And it was going to be at Stone Creek coming, and it's been five or six years ago when they decided to go to neutral sites for the Big Ten Championship. So Illinois didn't get a chance to host. A lot of folks were looking forward to that, to having uh, the Big Ten uh, golfers in town, but uh, that didn't happen. But a sad day for golf, and uh, we'll take a break here. We'll talk some more Illinois basketball and football. We take your comments or questions as well here at the Esquire. Stay with us. The phone line is open. We'll try to get that going for you. And we'll be back with more Monday Night Sports Talk from the Esquire in just a moment. It's Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 with the News Gazette Media Sports Writers. Live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. Try their famous burgers or specialty pizzas while you watch the game. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We're with you here for another 20, 25 minutes, something like that. Illinois women's basketball Coming up tonight, pregame show on DWS at 5.45. The Illini women at Indiana taking on uh, the nationally ranked Hoosiers tonight. Yeah, it's going to be a, a stern test for, uh, for Nancy, Nancy Faye's uh, Illini, who are looking for their first Big Ten win. Uh, got blown out in their first two Big Ten games, lost to Northwestern 77-50 uh, on December 21st, and then at Iowa, uh, the last weekend in, in December, 108 to 72. So uh, it'd be pretty stunning if they pull off a win in Bloomington tonight. But uh, as they say, that's why they play the game. Let's go back to the phones and see if we have Neil this time. Are you with us? <laughs> Sorry, Neil. We really do want to hear you, but try again if you want to. Why don't you try? It? Why don't you ask the question Neil's going to ask? Is Scott Ritchie there? Uh, yes. Uh, yep. Scott, Illinois had a, a good win last night. Uh, what do you what do you make of this team going into Wednesday night's game? Uh, thanks as always for the coverage. You guys do a great job. All right, well, thanks, Neil. Um, 
Honestly, I mean, mentioned it at the top. I don't know what to make of this team, and and inconsistency has kind of been the just the the trend, and not only this season, but kind of in the Underwood era as a whole. Uh, certainly have the pieces to be uh, a better team. Uh, hasn't really come together yet, but if Alan Griffin continues to play like he has, which has been great the last three games, Trent Frazier, who uh, tweeted out late last night that he, in fact, has his swagger back. That's true. That's also good for Illinois. Um, I liked that he was hunting for his own shot last night against Purdue. They need him to do that. He's their best shot maker, and when you have a team that doesn't make a lot of shots sometimes, uh, to have him maybe feeling a little more confident uh, can, can't really hurt. Alan Griffin, team MVP right now? Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone has played better than him in the last two weeks. Uh, I mean, Kofi Coburn, I would assume, we're both obviously still good, but um, Alan Griffin has made the most of his increased playing time, and uh, he's scoring, he's rebounding. Uh, he's playing pretty good defense, uh, and he he plays with an edge. I mean, he blocked Travion Williams last night and then got in his face after he did it. I mean, that's a 6'9", 270-pound forward who I wouldn't necessarily mess with, but Alan Griffin has no fear, doesn't seem like, and uh, he let Williams know that you know, he swatted him and that you know, he shouldn't try that again. I mean, I'm, he did, but... Is that the PG version of what he said? Well, it was on the far end of the court, and my lip-reading skills are... Uh, fairly basic, but uh, there were a few words exchanged, and I remember the bragging rights game wasn't, <laughs> didn't hesitate to get in Mark Smith's face. Um, got a G, right? Only got two. Yeah, so that's game. that guy. But don't do that. I, yeah, I don't it's mind. And you know, the second one came when the game was over, essentially, so it didn't really matter, but yeah, I, I like that he's plays with that edge, and he's aggressive, and it shows in how he plays the game. He goes for every offensive rebound at 100 miles an hour. Don't you think having an NBA father really pays off? Is that kind of what part of that comes from? I imagine they play great games they get to each other over the years. Yeah, well, I mean, not only does his dad have a long career in the NBA, but um, he's got a younger sister that's a freshman at UConn okay. and is playing really well for Gino Ariema. And then his younger brother, AJ, is a top 10 recruit in the 2021 class and is committed to Duke. So, so it's a really good basketball family. That's yeah. cool. So what was the biggest difference besides shots going in the basket? The, our friend Lou Henson always said, you look so much better when you make shots. But what else did you see maybe different that you didn't see at Michigan State? Aside from them missing all those shots at Michigan State, if you just looked at the stats, they didn't play that badly. They just didn't make shots. But yeah. what was the maybe another difference you saw last night? Well, there, there were a few things. Um, one, uh, Kofi Coburn was he, – he used his 7-foot, 285, 290-pound frame better against Purdue, and he had to because they had bigs that would challenge him uh, physically. And he, because he just, he kind of let Marcus Bingham, Xavier Tillman do whatever they wanted to him at Michigan State, and he just wasn't as aggressive on the block. So that was one thing that was better. Trent Frazier, obviously, getting going offensively was a difference. And then Andre Solis only had three points, but he hit a three, which was big, and he had six assists because he had basically been a non-factor against Missouri and Michigan State. And, I mean, he didn't like the world on fire against Purdue, but he just played solid basketball and uh, at least was a positive in the, the plus-minus plus column. And, and, Scott, you wrote about this in, in Sunday's News Gazette, previewing the, the Purdue game and in, in your score prediction, which you got wrong, by the way. Uh, okay. What you're ten and four on the year now? I don't know. Ten and ten and five. Above five hundred. Above five hundred. 
Uh, that Illinois, this Illinois team, I think it's going to have to maybe muck up games and, and win them kind of ugly and turn them into kind of grind it out type games. They're not going to – it's not going to be 70, 80 points that they're going to score every night. Do you think that's going to hold true for, for the rest of the Big Ten season? Yeah, I mean, they're not going to – I would be – I'll say I'll be surprised if they score 100 like they get against Hampton and Lindenwood and, you know, some of those teams that they probably should have scored 100 against. I mean, it's – the race to 60 might be a thing, you know, the rest of the season. And it's maybe not the most exciting basketball, but it's basketball that could potentially get Illinois back in the NCAA tournament. So maybe that's – you can live with, you know, a little ugly basketball just to, to get get somewhere the team hasn't been in six years. Well, you need a home court at home, if at all possible. And that's not going to be that easy as the season goes on, beginning – Saturday when Rutgers comes to town. We saw what they did in here last year. But you've got that road game before that, and road wins are going to be hard to come by. Michigan State, they haven't really been tested yet on the road. That'll come for them as well. But uh, whoever separates themselves, if anybody does, it'll be because they've managed to find a way to win on the road. Yeah, and they're before – I'm trying to think if there's any games tonight in the Big Ten, but there's been 23 played – so far in the conference, and there's only three teams that have won on the road. Michigan State won at Northwestern, uh, Wisconsin won at Ohio State, and then Rutgers won at Nebraska. And Do two of those three count, though? Well, I would say – Northwestern. That one doesn't count because okay. you know who else has won at Northwestern is Merrimack, Hartford, and Radford. Sounds so like a law firm. Yeah, three really <laughs> tough teams there. But and I, the, the other two I would count. Uh, I mean, Wisconsin and Ohio State for sure, and then – any Rutgers win in the Big Ten counts just because of where they've been. And that's going to be an interesting game on Saturday because Rutgers is not as bad as I think just the general public thinks they are. I mean, they did lose Geo Baker, who's one of their better guards, but they really beat up on Nebraska, who's also not great. But they did it in Lincoln, which is tough. And they've got some players. And, you know, Rutgers has been on a very, very slow rise the last couple of years. But their coach, Steve Peichel, I think is – they one of the more underrated coaches in the country. He did a really good job at Stony Brook before he got the Rutgers job. And his path right now with Rutgers is sort of similar to what he did at Stony Brook. And you know, they could end up winning uh, more games, beating some teams they probably shouldn't this, this year than they have in the past couple. They're 11-3, and three, I believe, and 2-1, and one, maybe 3-1 and one in the Big Ten, Rutgers is. And another surprise, perhaps, is Penn State, the way they're playing. They're a top-20 team now according to, to one poll so uh there's another uh, tough game tough two games if you play them twice yeah and in february illinois will play at rutgers and at penn state back to back and you know penn state didn't have a lot of turnover with its roster um i think the biggest thing is you know lamar stevens hasn't had to do everything for them like he did last year um myrian jones is a sophomore guard who he averaged like four points off the bench last year he's up to 13 this year has played really well um, and I think it was just maybe just bound to happen for them. You know, Pat Chambers has held on to that job for eight years. I think this is this might be his ninth, and they haven't made the NCAA tournament, but they haven't fired him either, and it's just taken longer than they expected, but this might be their first NCAA tournament team uh, in almost a decade. Any basketball thoughts or comments here in the audience at the Esquire? Let us know. We'll get a microphone out to you. Let's turn to football, Big Ten football. Bob, did you predict 
The Big Ten going four and five in bowl games? No, I don't believe I did that correctly. No, I think I thought they'd win six games maybe. I was surprised by a couple of those losses. Um, I think Ohio State played a really good game. They just kind of blew it and uh, made some bad plays and early. Should have scored more points early in the game than late. Obviously had some things go against them. Uh, Minnesota is the, is the flip side. I, did uh, did PJ send you his order today? Not yet. Not yet. I, I'm waiting for it, but I apologize to him and all the goofy Minnesota fans because <laughs> that's kind of done, a backhanded compliment. Well, you just what they've gave done? <laughs> well, you got to be weird to like that guy. But anyway, <laughs> what they've done is is a miracle. Winning the love of games at Minnesota right now is a miracle, and I think that what he's done is he's figured out how to make it work there. And I wonder if there's another job in college that would be more interesting to him. I don't think there is. I think why would you not stay there? The only thing he's going to lay for is an NFL. So I think he's there for a while. I think he's going to make that thing. Uh, they're going to win eight or nine games every year potentially, and he's, he's going to do well there. So I'm really surprised by what they've done, but that's a, that's been, that was a shocker to me how well they did. I figured Auburn kills him by 30. And he lost his offensive coordinator, so yeah, that to, was tough. Yeah, that was tough. And it went to Penn State, so right. that makes it even even harder. Uh, I don't understand that move from a offensive. I guess Penn State's a better job than Minnesota, but Penn, Minnesota beat Penn State this year, so maybe not. Uh, the, I'm trying to think of the other disappointments. Disappointments. The way Indiana lost in the game against Tennessee was really uh, un, unfortunate because they're up two touchdowns. They have a lot of chances to put that game away. They just couldn't do it. They let the team get an onside kick against them. That made no sense. It's like they it was like they didn't even try. It was really weird, and I, I felt bad for them. But that game was tough. A couple of those were tough, but four and five is not great. Big Ten should have gone six and three. Your thoughts on how Illinois finished the season? Three straight losses after getting bowl eligible in the. You know, looking at a pretty good opportunity to maybe get seven or eight wins, and right. that didn't happen. And the bowl game, uh, they were pretty much outplayed from the get-go there. Yeah, I think the chance to get seven was a missed opportunity. I think having a winning season with this team would have been really, really good. And now they've got to wait another year to see if that that can happen. It's going to be weird. They're <laughs> finished with three losses. They have a great chance to start with three wins next year, maybe more than that. So I think. Soon that will be put away. Unfortunately, they got the whole winter and spring to worry about it. So, but I think they'll have a chance to have a quick turnaround next year. I'll be and surprised they go, don't win seven games next year. And least. Scott, it appears that uh, their best receiver, Josh Imadorbebe, is going to stick around. At least that's the word on uh, social media. I guess a lot of folks thought maybe he would test the NFL and then try that, but it looks like he's going to stay. Yeah, it was probably the best decision because I don't know that NFL would have been beating down his door you know, this year, uh, mainly because this was the first season he'd ever really played. Right. And he also didn't finish the season because injuries hurt him at USC, maybe kept him off the field, and then obviously he missed the end of this year uh, with, with another injury. So, I mean, I think that would have put any NFL thoughts kind of into question. But uh, I'm sure Brandon Peters has to be happy that uh, his you know, the top pass catcher is going to be back for one more year. And... They should have Trevon Sidney healthy again. Uh, Casey Washington you know, played well as a freshman. Donnie Navarro had a breakout, earned a scholarship. So 
there are some weapons in the passing game, but uh, you can never have too many. So uh, be curious to see kind of how that, how the skill position players in general, especially losing Reggie Corbin, Dre Brown, kind of shakes out in spring ball. I think they'll change what they do offensively. I think they'll be more pass oriented next year. I think they'll realize Peters is the best player on the offense. They'll get him the ball, make sure they keep him upright, but they'll let him toss the ball around a little bit more. I think I think he has a chance to have a huge season next year. I well, really do. I mean, they probably have to because maybe that's it. Yeah, I mean, maybe Mike Epstein is going to come back, but who right. knows if he can stay healthy? And then the rest of the running back crew. I mean. Chase Brown is probably right. their second best running back, and he's been on campus since August. And because uh, Rayvon Bonner seems to have kind of peaked, I mean, right. he is what he is at this he's point. Had some and, injury issues too. And the younger running backs, Kenyon Sims, Shakari Norwood, couldn't break into a, a veteran group, right. which I, mean, I don't know that I expected them to, but they don't have much experience. Um, Reggie Love coming in as a freshman. You didn't mention somebody that we got to think about, Mike Epstein. I did mention. Did. Oh, I'm sorry. At the I very did, beginning, I didn't listen. I found less. Shocking. Bob, Mike, not Mike paying Epstein, attention. Mike Epstein could be the key. So he's got to. He's like Scott said. He's got to stay healthy. Right. And the other thing with him, he could be dangerous as much as a receiver, as he is as a running back. In fact, that's what I would do with him. Use him more out of the backfield. That way, you probably have a chance, better chance, to keep him healthy, and. He could be really. He could be a guy that catches 40, 50 passes out of the backfield and has a monster year for a different, in a different way. Maybe runs for 500, but catches passes for another five or 600. True, but I mean, we're, we're talking all about this Illinois football offense, and we haven't mentioned the defense yet at all. And right, they're a group that is identified by their ability to take the ball away and create turnovers, and we saw them not do that to end the season. Nice two games. And you know, Chase Garber's cow quarterback looked like Aaron Rodgers uh, yeah. against Illinois. Andrew Marty, a four-string quarterback for Northwestern, looked like Dan Persa right. uh, for the Wildcats. Last from the past. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think the, the key thing for this Illinois football team going into next year is not only just defensively improving still, and that's been an ongoing theme uh, for Illinois right. for the better part of the last 10 years or so, but is if they can't force turnovers – can they actually stop teams? Oh, that's an issue. You're right. They have to force turnovers. Now, having uh, Jake Hansen back will be huge. True, but then, huge. again, their their defensive line is going to be right. completely overhauled. Right. That's you're losing right. Jamal Milan, Tymer right. Oliver, Kenyon Jackson, a bunch of, guys, right. bunch of defensive tackles. You're going to have unproven guys in the middle there. Yeah. So it, it's it's going to be very interesting, I think, this this offseason in, in training camp, who rolls around, who kind of stands out uh, on the defense. I'm going to sign out. Help wanted defensive linemen, linebackers, secondary. I mean, all so those. So everything. <laughs> literally. I mean, and I and think how about be, this? Help wanted defensive coordinator. Well. Ooh. Shots fired. Well, <laughs> well I don't it's, believe. Well, it's I not going to happen. I coach pretty well now. I've gotten to know him a little bit. And we're coming off. We're going to be off the air soon, Scott. I don't believe he's going to do that. Well, no. I mean, I don't think he will either. But He's it's not, not going to do that. I wouldn't say it's a terrible idea. He might be not. No, I agree with that, but I think that's not going to happen. And he's, the defense coordinator will be the same one this year as next year. The championship game coming up a week from tonight. LSU and Clemson did a nice story on uh, our friend Greg McMahon. Right. And good to catch up with him. Oh, yeah. And he's fun. having the time of his life, isn't he? A great time because, obviously, they're winning. They're really good. 
Uh, he loves being that area. He was there for a long time with the Saints. So it was for him, I don't think he even moved. I think he kept kept that same house. Yeah, I think they've got a great, we can talk about it next week, but I think they've got a great chance to win that game. Should can win that game. Who you guys got in that game? Uh, the Tigers. Oh. Well, come on. Good one. Which one? L- LSU or Clemson. No, I wouldn't be one. shocked if Clemson wins. That's a good point. Yeah, uh, the uh, poor, <laughs> undervalued Clemson Tigers. Exactly. LSU. I've, I've, was, had, enough, I've had enough of Dabo. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence is really good. Joe Burrow is fantastic this year. Trevor Lawrence is, is still really good. And we're out of time. We're out of time. On this abbreviated version of Monday Night Sports Talk, again, fighting Illini women's basketball coming up shortly on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. There will be a Brad Underwood show tonight on WHMS, Light Rock 97.5 at 7 o'clock. Prep Confidential. Airs on HMS as well at 6 o'clock. Appreciate you coming. We'll see you next week on National Championship Night here at the Esquire in downtown Champaign. Have a good night, everybody.